0: Okay, good morning. It's uh, about time for us to begin our Sunday morning Bible class. Appreciate you being here with us this morning. Uh, if you haven't been with us before, we are studying the life of Christ. Uh, we began this, uh, this study all the way back in January, going through uh, basically every book in the, in the gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John chronologically going through his life. And so we have been stuck for the past, well, I guess the past 10 weeks. This is class number 11 on the Sermon on the Mount. And so we will be moving into uh, Matthew chapter 7 this morning. So I invite you to turn to Matthew chapter 7, and that's where we're going to begin. Uh, We will look at the first 12 verses today, and then Wednesday evening we will conclude... Matthew chapter 7, and then we'll uh, finally uh, have gotten through the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, it's been quite a, a study for us. Uh, again, the, uh, the, the writer of this curriculum decided to sort of uh, you know, make sure that we really focused on this, this sermon that Jesus preaches in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, as we've sort of taken it verse by Verse. And so we've really uh, delved into a lot of it again. And so we are in lesson number 31 this morning, uh, how to get along with others. Uh, But if you weren't with us Wednesday evening, we looked at the the end of Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34, which is often referred to, uh, maybe your header in your Bible says something to the effect of the cure for anxiety. And those are passages that I think we're all very familiar with. We really focused in on the last two verses, uh, verse 33 and verse 34. Uh, verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Uh, what things uh, throughout those verses? He talks about uh, food and, cl- and drink and clothing. Uh, those things, you know, God says if we seek first his kingdom, those things will be uh, added to you. Don't worry about those things, right? He, he takes care of the birds of the air uh, and He certainly will take care of His creation. So there's no reason to worry. There's no reason uh, to worry a single hour of your life because uh, you can't extend your life by worrying. You can't grow taller by worrying. So don't even worry. Uh, again, but seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. And then thir- verse 34. Again, so do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own, and uh, we really we sort of took the last half of class talking about all the different things throughout those passages. You know that worry um, is uh, worry is inappropriate. You now again, bird, uh, God provides for the birds; and He's going to provide for us. Uh, worry is ineffective. Again, does more harm than good. Worry is inconsistent. Worry is infidelity. Right? It's unfaithfulness when we, when we worry about those things. Worry is insulting. It implies that uh, we don't trust in God to provide for us. Again, worry is improper because uh, those are commands. In the Greek language, uh, when uh, Jesus says these things, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, that's a command. And so worry is improper, and then also worry is impractical because, again, we cannot change tomorrow. We, we can't, so do not worry about it. And so as we move on into chapter 7, verses 1 through 12, Jesus, of course, throughout this whole sermon has given a lot of exhortations of how we should act and treat others. You remember back at the beginning when he was listing the Beatitudes, you know, he told us to be merciful. Uh, he, he told us to be peacemakers. You know, and then he told us that we needed to be a good influence on others. Right? We need to be the salt of the earth. We need to be the light of the world. Right? Be a good influence on others. He told us that we shouldn't get angry uh, with our brothers uh, and sisters. If we do, if we do, seek reconciliation. Uh, he told us to go the second mile. Right? Uh, turn the other cheek. Go the second mile. Uh, Love your enemies. He's given us all these exhortations, how we should treat others. And now he's really going to focus in on how to get along with others uh, here in Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 12. So let's look at this text and see how Jesus tells us to to do those things. Now, uh, we're going to see here that there are some very, very familiar verses within this passage, uh, not only to the Christian, but also to. I think there are some verses here that you know, even uh, a person who did not grow up reading scripture might have heard, because it's so well ingrained within society. And that, of course, is verse one and verse twelve. So let's let's read these verses and then we'll talk about them. Matthew chapter seven, starting in verse one. Jesus says, "Do not judge, so that you will not be judged. For in the way you judge, you will be judged, and by your standard of measure." It will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Let me take the speck out of your eye, and behold, the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give what is holy to dogs. And do not throw your pearls before swine, or they will trample them under their feet, and turn and tear you to pieces. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, when his son asks for a loaf, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he will not give him a snake, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give what is good to those who ask him? In everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. For this is the law and the prophets. Okay, so let's let's uh, first... Uh, talk about these first two verses here. Uh, you know, Stop being judgmental. Verses 1 and 2. Do not judge so that you will not be judged. For in the way you judge, you will be judged. And by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. Have you ever had someone tell you that before? Uh, Don't judge me. And what they're referring to is this verse here in the Bible. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. You, know, you might be talking to them. Uh, they Maybe, maybe they know that you're a Christian. Maybe they know that you read the Bible and they want to get your advice on something. And uh, you, know, you point out to them that the topic that you're talking about, uh, the scriptures you know, refer to as sinful. And they'll turn around and say, you can't judge me. You know, don't judge me. You know, that, that happens uh, quite a bit. One preacher said this is the most well-known verse in the Bible by people who don't know the Bible. Again, Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. Now, what we want to talk about here this morning is that the Bible does uh, teach that there is such thing as uh, these different types of judgments. Uh, What we have in here in Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, is uh, bad judging. Okay, So this is what Jesus says. Don't judge this way. Again... uh, do not judge, so that you will not be judged. And he goes on and give, and we'll talk about these verses a little bit more uh, in verses three through five, uh, talking about how it's hypocritical for us to judge someone. You know, if we're dealing with the same problem, or you know, if we've got that log in our eye, and then maybe they only have that speck. So uh, the Bible teaches there's a such thing. There is such a thing as bad judging, and that's what we want to avoid. But there are there is also A good judging that we are commanded to judge. Uh, John chapter 7 verse 24. And if you write in your Bibles, it might be a good idea to write uh, next to Matthew 7 verse 1 as a reference. John chapter 7 verse 24. Because notice what Jesus says here. In John chapter 7 verse 24, he says, Do not judge according to appearance. But judge with righteous judgment. Well, wait a second. Didn't Jesus just say do not judge in Matthew chapter 7 verse 1? But now he's telling us to judge uh, here in John chapter 7 verse 24. And again we're not talking about a contradiction here. But we're talking about the, the method, the way that we are to judge. Do not judge hypocritically. Matthew chapter 7. John chapter 7 Matthew chapter 7. John chapter 7. Do not judge according to appearance, but judge righteously. You know, we make judgments every day, don't we? We do. We're driving down the road and maybe we're, you know, 10, 20 feet from the the traffic light and it turns yellow. You know, we got to make a judgment, do we not? That we either need to stop or we're going to gas through the light. You know, that's a judgment. Uh. There's an illustration that I always like to use um, to short, sort of show the extreme of this, is that you know you move into a new town. You know, let's say you move into a new town and you need to find child care for your child. And there's only two licensed uh, care providers in your town. and they're both the same distance away from your job. Uh, they cost the same, and so you go to the first place. And you walk through, and uh, you notice it's very clean. Uh, it smells good in there. The kids seem happy. The, 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 those who work there are nice and polite. And there's activities going on, and it looks like a, you know, a great situation. Uh, but then you go and visit the second uh, daycare facility. Okay? And again, cost the same, same distance. You walk in, and uh, it's a lot dirtier. Uh, there's trash piled up. It smells like dirty diapers in there. Uh, there the, the, there's kids constantly crying, screaming. Uh, you see one of the, the one of the workers, you know, scolding a child in the corner. You got to make a judgment, right? Which place you're going to choose to leave your three-year-old child at? Uh, who's going to choose the second scenario? I don't think anyone is going to choose that second scenario. Right. Uh, But we're we're all going to choose the first scenario. Uh, But did I just make a judgment? I did, didn't I? I I made a judgment based on what I saw uh, in the two daycare facilities uh, that one of them is going to be a better fit for um, my child. You know, that's that's judging righteously. That we read about, again, in John chapter 7, uh, verse 24. Judge, do not judge according uh, to appearances, but judge with righteous judgment. You know, of course, uh, there's good judging, there's bad judging. And then, of course, we're familiar with the third one, which is going to be God's judging. You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So uh, the Bible teaches uh, these different scenarios of, of judging. And as he begins Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, you know, it might sound a little bit negative. Uh, do not judge so that you will not be judged. Uh, you know, but you know, if you want to plant a garden uh, with beautiful flowers, what do you need to do first sometimes? Right. yeah, You need to you get rid of the weeds, right? And so uh, Jesus begins here, do not judge so that you will not be judged. And again, what does that mean? Well, it doesn't mean uh, he's not talking about the civil government or, you know, civil judgments. Uh, He's not talking about a church exercising, you know, church discipline on a a, a member. Uh, But he's talking about, again, uh, judgments that, you know, number one, are harsh, harsh judgments, Uh, There was a story of a a boy and his dog. And so they go out into the woods and they're gone for maybe four or five hours. And, uh, you know, the parents are starting to get upset. They're starting to get worried. And eventually the dog comes back covered in blood and the boys nowhere to be found. Well, the dad gets extremely upset, mad, makes a harsh, rash judgment and, you know, shoots the dog. Because in his mind, the dog had killed his son. Well, they go out into the woods, and they find the son lying next to a dead panther. The dog protected and saved the boy's life. But that dad made a harsh judgment. Right? He, uh, he assumed that the, the family dog had done something uh, to his son. You know, that's the type of judgment that's condemned here by Jesus. Harsh judgment. You remember in 1 Corinthians chapter 13? You know, what, what what chapter is that? What do we call that? The love chapter, right? Uh, all these different descriptions of how we are to love one another. And you remember one of those is, um, is to uh, love believes all things. Believes all things. You know, that, that's what love is. Agape love believes all things. And that's... You know, giving somebody the benefit of the doubt, right? And so uh, do not judge by that standard of judgment, Jesus says. Do not judge harshly. You know, do not judge hasty either. You know, we, we shouldn't make judgments without having uh, all the facts. You know, if I went back to my scenario, um, you know, somebody might have told me, hey, don't go visit uh, daycare number two because... Um, You know, it's just really bad. You know, if I take their word for it, sort of like that, without gathering the evidence, you know, that's sort of a hasty judgment. But because I went there, you know, saw what was really going on, uh, saw it with my own eyes, made that judgment there, uh, you know, I had the evidence in hand. And when we make hasty judgments without evidence, um, again, that's uh, the type of judgment that Jesus is uh, condemning here. Again, another uh, story. Uh, uh, a woman got off a plane and uh, she uh, found out that her layover, layover is going to be about four hours. And so uh, she's hungry, so she goes to the little convenience store and buys you know a package of cookies. And so she goes and sits down uh, in the airport. You know, reads a book, tries to get a nap in. Uh, you know, something, playing with her phone, uh, whatever. And so uh, this man comes and he sits beside her. Uh, a a chair over and, uh, he reaches down and grabs a cookie and eats it. She thinks that's weird. You know, the the guy just ate one of my cookies. And so she, you know, she grabs a cookie and she eats it in front of him, trying to show him that, you know, that those were hers. And, you know, a few minutes later go by and the guy grabs another cookie and and eats it. And so now she's kind of getting a little upset, uh, Uh, What's this guy doing? What's the big deal? Who does he think he is? And so she grabs another cookie and eats it. And they're down to one cookie. You know, this is going back and forth until there's like one cookie left. And the man grabs it and he breaks it in two and he offers her the other one. Now, at this point, she's really upset. And so she gets up and walks away and goes and sits on the other side of the tarmac, you know, away from the guy. You know, she's extremely upset that this guy has been eating her cookies. She reaches into her purse there's her package of cookies. She was eating the other guy's cookies. It was his cookies she was eating. But again, she was making a hasty judgment that this, this guy uh, was eating her cookies. And so therefore, he must have been bad. And so she went and sat somewhere else. Uh, you know, again, we, we talked about First Samuel this morning uh, about Eli making a hasty judgment about Hannah. How did he do that? Yeah, he assumed that she was drunk because she was, you know, praying without words coming out of her mouth. But she was not drunk at all, and, uh, and he was making a hasty judgment. You know, again, harsh judgments, hasty judgments, uh, hip- hypocritical uh, judgments as well. You know, the, um, you know there are th- people who, you know, you don't stand a chance against them because they're going to you know, nitpick at you. Um, you know, we can think of Judas. Uh, in John chapter 12, you know that he uh, – remember when uh, the woman came and she used her uh, expensive perfumes on Jesus to anoint him? And well, you remember what Judas' complaint was? Could have been sold money. Yeah, uh, Judas was like, you know, you could have taken that money, sold that perfume, taken that money, given it to the poor. You know, again, uh, he was making a, a rash uh, judgment. And so again, uh, these are the types of judgments that Jesus is condemning in here. Not all judgments are bad. Uh, we have to make judgments. Matter of fact, in the same chapter, when we get to uh, Wednesday night, you know, Jesus is going to tell us in verse 15, Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Right? We need to make judgments as far as uh, false teaching. Who are false teaching uh, Fruit inspectors, if you will. You know, judge them by their fruits, he says. And again, John chapter 7, verse 24, that we just read. uh, Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. So what does it mean to judge? Well, again, uh, it's not bringing uh, our background, our prejudices, our preferences to these judgments. Uh, Not judging hastily. uh, Not judging the motivation, but, you know, the actions. Um, Look at verse 3. I know we haven't read this verse yet, but uh, Jesus says, why do you look at the speck? And that word there, look, it doesn't mean that you glanced at it, but it means you're looking intently at it. Um, You know, it's hard to find a speck unless you're trying, you know, to find something there to, to judge a person on, right? It's much easier to find the log than it is the speck. But it, uh, but as Jesus says here again, verse two says, "For in the same way you judge, you will be judged, and your standard of measure it will be uh, measured to you." Right? There is, you know, is he talking about uh, eternal judging, eternal judgment? There, you know, I think so. If we are judging by uh, an unrighteous standard, you know, we are going to be judged uh, in the same way he says. Do we need mercy? Yeah, we, we need mercy, right? And so uh, we need not quick to be judge judging others. Again, be loving, sympathetic. Uh, love believes all things. And so, uh, again, uh, Jesus is focusing in on these uh, these first here couple of verses of uh, making sure that we have the right motive behind judging. Uh, So let's look at verses uh, three through five now, because if we if we stop being uh, judgmental, Jesus says this is how we do it. Verses three through five. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, uh, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye and behold, the log is in your own eye. You hypocrite first take out the log of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. You know, it's. These passages are, um, it's a little humorous that, that he's using these uh, illustrations for us. Uh, I, I was looking up the different versions because a lot of different versions, I didn't find really one version that, um, that used sort of the same exact language. Uh, but some of them talked about the speck and the log or the speck and the plank or sawdust and plank. Or if you looked at the King James or the ASV, the older translations, we'll talk about the, the moot and the beam. <laughs> or uh, small piece of dust, big piece of wood. Right, that, That's the idea here. Uh, don't be judging uh, someone when you have this big piece of wood in your eye, you know, d- deflecting your vision when the, the person that you are judging only has this small piece of dust, th- this speck. Um, you know, and we can think about how plain that truth is. Uh, who, well, in the Old Testament, there's one account that comes, I think, probably to our mind the most, and that's uh, did anyone well, David and Bathsheba, right? Uh, that we can think of that you know fits this almost to a T, right? David is the king. Uh, he's up on his rooftop. Uh, he goes out there and he sees Bathsheba. And he inquires about her, and he has her brought to him. And of course, they, you know, commit adultery, and and she becomes pregnant. And David has to cover this up, and so he has uh, Uriah, uh, Bathsheba's husband, killed in battle. And if you remember, and that's first, uh, that's first. Or, excuse me, Second Samuel chapter eleven, Second Samuel chapter twelve. The prophet uh, Nathan comes to David, right? and he's got a message for David. From God, you remember He gives him this this parable of uh, these two men come into the land. One of them, or excuse me, this one, a traveler comes into the land, and within the land, there's a rich man and a poor man, and the rich man has uh, all of the livestock that he needs, and the poor man, he just has this one little lamb. That's all he has, and he loves this lamb. Uh, He's not he's not livestock to him. He's like part of the family. And so this traveler comes in. He comes to the rich man and he asks for uh, he asks for sustenance. He he needs food, and the rich man would not give him any of his flock. And so he tells him to go to uh, the poor man and basically demands that the poor man give that one young lamb to the traveler. Right? And uh, when David hears this, what's his reaction? He's furious, isn't he? he? He he wants vengeance taken upon this man, this rich man who couldn't give up just one of his flock and took the the poor man's only lamb uh, to be killed and slaughtered so that that traveler could eat. And again, David was upset. Uh, he's uh, denouncing those man's actions, and then Nathan turns to David and says, "Thou art the man." All right? God through the prophet Nathan was. Uh, condemning david's actions because he did the same thing you know he's judging hypocritically right he's got a log he's got a plank in his eye a beam in his eye because he's judging uh, this man in the parable uh who might have just had a you know a speck compared to david you know david did the same exact thing but again you are the man you art the or thou art the man the king james says Uh, So again, uh, Jesus says, do not be a hypocrite, verse 5. You hypocrite, first take out the log in your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Well, let's focus on that last verse there in verse 5, or the last part of the verse, because uh, Jesus still tells us that we need to help others, does he not? He says, uh, take out the log first, and then you see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eyes. Um, you know, we still have a, a duty, we still have a responsibility as Christians to help uh, our brothers and sisters uh, take uh, that speck, again, that piece of sawdust, out of their eyes uh, if it's visible. Uh, notice with me a couple passages. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, uh, we notice Paul writes, Excuse me. Yes. Galatians chapter six, verse one, Paul writes, brethren, even if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to himself so that you, too, will not be tempted. Right, if you see a brother with a speck in his eye, go to him, help him out of his trespasses, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Uh, James It gives us some instructions as well. In James chapter 5, verse 19 and 20, uh, James writes, My brethren, if any among you strays from the truth and one turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Again, we need to make sure that we don't have that beam, plank, log in our eyes so that we can see clearly to help our brothers and sisters who may just have a speck in their eye. But again, we have that responsibility to, um, to help others in their trespasses, in their sins. And so even the tiniest, tiniest of speck demands our attention. Now we're quickly uh, running out of time. So let's touch on a few of these other verses. Uh, chapter 7, verse 6. You know, this was sort of, this is a verse that's sort of, Maybe a little bit harder to understand in its context, because he goes uh, from judging others, and then verse six he says, "Do not give what is holy to dogs and do not throw your pearls before swine, or they will trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces you know what what's true about pigs and dogs in this culture unclean, unclean right they're unclean you know d- in this culture, dogs are not these domesticated animals that that they keep at home. Dogs were uh, pack animals. They were, uh, you know, if you called somebody a dog in that culture, you know, that was a bad insult. You know, it's not like today. You know, when you know teenagers call each other dog. I don't know. Do they still do that? Uh, they did that when I was okay. I got heads are shaking. No, okay. Uh, but it was it was it was insulting to to call somebody that. You know, the Jews wouldn't touch pigs. They wouldn't raise pigs, and so. Uh, Jesus says, do not give what is holy. You know, we can think of, you know, God's word. Do not give what is holy to dogs. Do not throw your pearls, uh, things that are valuable before swine, or they will trample them under their feet. You know, again, we're going to have to deal with uh, differences and difficulties. Right? And so in the same context uh, that we're talking about in Matthew chapter 7, as far as judging, you know, there's a time in place where uh, we're going to have to make a judgment of whether we're going to uh, continue uh, working, maybe with an individual, or uh, having to, you know, maybe cut ties, maybe to uh, wipe your feet, as Jesus says, uh, you know, dust your feet off and go on to the other town. Um, but these difficulties, Jesus tells us, is best. Uh, To rely on God. And that's really what he gets at in verses 7 through 11 when he's talking about a prayer. Because unlike the dogs and the swine, there are those who are seeking. So ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. You know, we could say a lot of things about these verses, but I think we can basically sum it up here this morning by saying, you know, we need prayer. We need prayer. Uh, We need wisdom if we want to understand how to treat others. And we need prayer if we want that wisdom. Uh, James chapter 1, verse 5. Remember what James says we need to pray for? Wisdom. Right? James chapter 1, verse 5. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Okay, so um, pray for wisdom, pray to know how to deal with others. and then finally, verse 12. Again, you know, what, do we, what do we refer to verse 12 as? Treat people the same way that you want them to treat you, for this is the law and the prophets. Golden the golden rule. That's right. Uh, again, one of those verses that uh, everyone is familiar with. Practice the golden rule. You Because know, does the Bible tell us how to handle every single situation in life? No, because... If it did, it would be a lot bigger than this book right here, right? And so there's a lot of times where the golden rule uh, needs to be implemented. Again, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. What would this world be like if we practiced that, if we truly practiced that? And so appreciate your attention this morning uh, as we've uh, really raced through those last few verses, Matthew chapter 7. But again, we will conclude Matthew chapter 7, Wednesday evening, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. And then we'll get back into uh, more of the life of Jesus as he travels through uh, the, the land of Israel and his ministry. And so I'm looking forward to that. And again, I appreciate your input this morning. And Jimmy, you have our closing prayer for us.